did you know that metaphysics is actually a branch of philosophy, just like ethics and logics? I just discovered this from my guest, Victoria Rader. She is a coach of possibilities, a PhD in metaphysics. Metaphysics is apparently the subject that studies the field of possibilities, taking into account philosophy, quantum physics. I want to learn more from my guest, but this is already impressive. I thought that metaphysics is, um, is an esoteric term made up to explain mystical things that or, or put together uh, mystical concepts and ancient knowledge that people are just rediscovering, but it's not. So hi, Victoria, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I don't know that that was the wrong conception, right? Because in a field of possibility, everything is possible. And that is in a nutshell metaphysics. And so because of that, so much of it gets clumped into it because it answers a question, uh, an existential question. Is it possible? What is possible? What makes something possible? And when do we cross from impossibility to possibility, which is the quantum physics, right? When we look at the development of any science, the science develops, and any human being, I believe, develops as science does, from first the first step saying, oh, I didn't know it was possible. Second step, how is it possible? And then making possibility probable, <laughs> and then in science, repeatable, and in human life, profitable. But the path is the same. You know, it starts with, is it possible? And the next question, is it possible for me? Those are two very different questions. Wow, you put it so clearly in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Victoria, how do you open up possibilities for people? You are doing so many things, so many projects. Maybe, maybe just start with, um, with the project that you just mentioned, which is uh, quite impressive. You're working with one of the, with many of the thought leaders in personal yeah. development yeah. nowadays. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this is what I've come to understand. Um, probably from a very young age, unconsciously, and from a married age, early, you know, 20s, consciously, if you want to become an expert, if you want to become good, you go and learn from somebody who already is. And what I mean by that, when I was first married, um, I had a lot of friends who were still single. I had friends who were divorced and I was seeking advice from them and it reflected in my marriage poorly. And I remember being early 22, 23, sitting there and saying, wait a minute, why am I asking them? They're not good at it. If I want to get good at marriage, I need to find somebody who's happily married. I mean, that was a 20-year-old process. And I literally started looking around in my environment and becoming friends with older, more capable, more advanced, and happier women. And I literally would sit down and say, what makes your marriage work? and start applying it to my life. Unbeknown to me, it was an unconscious process that I've replicated through my whole life. So right now, I have this immense opportunity because about a year ago, I asked myself, how do I get close to, the, to all of the legends of personal development? You know, what, do, what does one do while you go where they go? So how do you go where they go? They meet once a year at a secret knock, 
invitation only event in California. So I got invited, got myself invited, right? If you look for a possibility, you'll find it. And then I ended up working with Greg Reed. And Greg Reed is a, a phenomenal legend in his own uh, name. He's somebody who's written 100 books, including Three Feet from Gold, which is a modern day version of Napoleon Hill Think and Grow Rich, as he's taken over the uh, Napoleon Hill Foundation. He's written books with Bob Proctor. He's co-authored them, worked with Brian Tracy. He kind of knows everyone and anyone. And he is currently creating a project that's called personal development that is pretty much a personal development from A to Z, from Aristotle to Zig Ziglar. And the group of us gets to interview all of the living legends about what is their key teaching? What is it? How do they define personal development? How do they define growth? And so the project is relatively new. So far, we've gotten to talk to Les, Brian, uh, Les Brown, Brian Tracy. Yesterday, we interviewed Mary Morrissey. And so we have access to all of these incredible human beings. And um, so I get firsthand satisfied that eagerness of, okay, what is personal development, right? And when you... And I'm going to say tune in and people do not freak out if you're not into, into metaphysics. Tune in is what you do every day with your TV and with your radio. You know, I like to, I, I like to come into the room and say, do you hear the music? People like, uh, what do you, after they try to hear, what are they talking about? Well, is there music in the room? No, it's quiet. Oh, yes, there is. There is hundreds of channels of music in the room. You just need to have a device to tune in to the channel you want to listen to. And it's a very important concept for us because constantly our brain is tuning in to something. And so for me, it was, how do I tune into development? How do I tune into growth? And I'm sure that somebody who's listening to this right now, consciously or subconsciously, asked the same question, how do I tune in to growth and development? So when you were seeking the advice of the successful women in their marriages, did you approach the task that you had set for yourself from the mindset point of view, from the practical point of view, or from the energy point of view in metaphysical terms? How did you tune in to what they had to offer? You know, I love your question is in so many ways. I really do because it's multi-aspected question. And um, I actually answer it directly or indirectly in one of my most recent books. I wrote a book called Prosper Me, 35 Universal Laws to Make Money Work for You. One of those laws is the law of growth. And the law of growth, because I have also background in statistics, I, you know, I healed my ego through getting lots of pieces of paper. <laughs> Hopefully I'm over it. Hopefully I'm over it, you know, but one of them was a piece of paper and statistics. And so, and I like formulas. So I said, okay, what is the formula for growth? And what I wrote down was, it is your mindset multiplied by your skill set, multiplied by your effort, and that equals result. If you're a person who's spiritual, who can define the source, God is great overall designer, whatever that is. If you multiply the left by that energy, your results become infinite. That's the only difference. You can force the results as human being, or you can surrender the results and have them infinite. So 
So for me, when you look at that, I see most people being stuck and I was stuck at one of the three areas. All of us are addicted to something. Mindset people are addicted to mindset. We read books, we go to seminars, we like, you know, we're just mindset addicts. Skill set people are skill set addicts. You know, they go to school, they get degrees, they go to trainings, they get training certificates. And then effort people are workaholics and work addicts. They just they just grind it and grind it and grind it. So what I find is that most people are stuck because they currently have maxed one of those three capacities. And instead of going to the next one, asking which one of these three do I shift by a tiny degree, they keep pouring more into what they're already strong with. So in that mindset of a new why, it was skill set, right? Because my mindset was, I'm going to have a happy marriage no matter what. The mindset was healthy. The effort was there. I did what I thought was needed to be a happy wife, which unfortunately was pleasing and losing my identity. Not a recipe for a happy marriage, right? Not a recipe for a happy marriage. So I was lacking skill set. So looking back, not at the time of 22, but looking back, I now understand my mindset was for growth. My effort was I was willing to do whatever it takes. And I was seeking skill set. I literally wanted to know how is it done? So mindset answers the question, what am I to do? Skill set, how am I to do? And effort is, do I do it or not? <laughs> because misaligned effort is probably the greatest energy drainer there is. So that was um, intuitive, probably desire, going back to, to how do we have it. But what I believe is that whether we call it or not, I don't think there is a breathing human on this planet that is not born with an inner burning desire to seek wholeness, to seek prosperity, and to seek happiness. And then during the lifetime, some not so well-meaning, pretending to be well-meaning people, dissuade us and limit us. And we start justifying to ourselves why something amazing will not work for us. And that, I think, is a tragedy of human experience. So when you think of the saying, uh, I'll rub myself off of somebody, do you think of one of these three skill sets? Or because they say energy is contagious, or do you think that we're actually pick, picking up something on a subconscious energetic level from these people? Say they vibrate at a certain frequency that carries information about the, the subject. It's both. It's both. And it always is. It is all. It always is both. Our mind is dual and mind wants to place either or limitation. But our soul and energies are infinite. And so it always is both. I remember reading a book years ago. I think it was called My Millionaire Mindset. And it was talking about millionaire mindset always thinks and it doesn't think either or it's and um 
that's one tip. And another tip that was great uh, was I was uh, one of the masterminds with John Asaraf. John Asaraf is, is a phenomenal, you know, business coach and a presence in my life. I, I and, took a course with him. Recently yeah, so you, wonderful, wonderful. And so he said something so cool because somebody in the group said, you know, I've done this, this, and this, and all of a sudden it happened. What are the chances? You know, often we say when there's a serendipity or coincidence, we say, what are the chances? And John said, 100%. Like, it really gives me chills to think back on that. So that is that attunement subconsciously through energy. When you see serendipities, Deepak Chopra goes as far as to say enlightenment is very simple. It's continuous cycle of serendipities. You know you're in a process of enlightenment when things just align and it's one serendipity after the other. And according to John Asaraf, what is the chance of that? A hundred percent. You know, I talk of mindset as a set of six mental faculties. Because for years in a practical field, I was asked to give a talk on mindset and I was talking about growth mindset, you know, fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Then I sat down and I said, okay, girl, you you talk about mindset. I don't like the word set because it means it's set. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I said, oh, wait a minute. It's English. It's not set. It's a set of something. What is it a set of? And by then, I've already had an opportunity to be coached by Bob Proctor. Bob Proctor talked about six mental faculties. And all of a sudden, I had that serendipitous moment of the light going on. And I said, oh, my God, mindset is a set of six mind mental faculties. If they're in alignment, we create a life of miracles. If they're in misalignment, we create a life of chaos. And those six mental faculties are perception, imagination, intuition, reason, memory, and will. And so first we perceive the world because a lot of speakers will say, you got to think big. You got to imagine great things. You cannot out imagine your own self image. It's impossible. You will not only imagine what your self image allows. Your self image is a reflection of your connection to your self worth. How worthy you think you are is a skill of perception. So, as you learn to perceive the world as a playground for you to create, not to limit you, not to suffocate you, not to drain you, you can start imagining the ways to do that. And then I say, if you think of a tuning fork with one side being perception and the next and the second side being imagination, the tuning fork then becomes your intuition. You become intuitive about what you perceive and imagine. So intuition, mathematically speaking, is nothing more than being in tune with what you naturally train yourself to perceive and imagine. That's the simplest way for me to decode intuition for anybody. So when somebody says, oh, I'm intuitive about markets, yeah, it's because you study markets, you're perceiving them, and you have a gut feeling based on your perception. Some of us are intuitive about people. You know, we feel sick about somebody and then our felt faculty of reason can reason against or for it, you know, and we'll act in my life. 
the disharmony was always coming from a conflict between intuition and reason. My intuition would say, walk away. And my reason would say, oh, but let's look at the statistical analysis. This looks really good on paper. And so I would enter into a business that made perfect logical sense, only to find out a year later and a $70,000 loss <laughs> that I should have listened to my intuition. So, yeah. So I, I was reading briefly uh, the other day about a study from a Nobel laureate uh, who used to work for the Munich Business School. Um, and his name escaped me right now. But he made um, um, a graph, like an XY graph, uh, on intuition and experience. And he said there comes a point where intuition and experience correlate. And this is when the previous explanation of CEOs being so successful because of their intuition, but their intuition was learned in a way through experience in industry and in their jobs. But this graph actually showed that after a while, intuition and experience become inversely related. So your intuition at some point overshoots experience. Yes. So it's not related to experience anymore. Yes. Um, so yeah, both are true. You can have intuition based on experience and independent intuition, independent of experience. What I believe is he can only measure the practical experience, the traceable experience. He cannot measure the subconscious experience. Mm. And so when he says the experience that is intuitive, he takes the parameters of the measurable reality. This is where right. metaphysics comes in. But I believe as everything is interconnected on a soul level, on a higher energy level, that same person has been gaining a very different experience that is beyond measure right. and that is trumping the measurable experience, right? That's, that's where I think science is gorgeous and limited. And we know that every three years we say, oh, science was wrong. This is new science. Yeah, and, true. <laughs> and it's definition of growth, right? Yes. Because, you know, even five years ago, we could not measure the magnetic field of the heart. Now we can. Now when I say electromagnetic, people no longer say woo-woo. Why? Because now they can put receptors outside of the person's head, six inches, and measure and decode their thoughts. Freaky, gorgeous, not woo-woo. <laughs> ah, but know? this so was done in the, back in the 60s. Jose Silva made experiments with uh, electro... Uh, the feelings, the feelings. Mm -hmm. ah, the fe but, but aren't these also frequencies measured in the they same can, way? They can now decode the thoughts. And what they're ah, applying for yeah. paraplegics, now paraplegic can be laying in bed and thinking. And the machine is writing what they're thinking because every word has a frequency. So mm -hmm. the thoughts are electric and the feelings are magnetic. And so Jose Silva was amazing to show that we are magnetic feeling things and you could measure this is anger this is you know depression based on just the energy flow but now they're decoding it further to saying wait a minute we can scan the human brain of what it thinks based on the energy that it emits 
right? So I just think it's, I think it's gorgeous. I think if we give science time, it'll catch up and no longer freak out that there is oneness of energy and source. They just need to prove it. And we've got all the time in the world to do so. <laughs> yeah. Wow, this is developing to be a very interesting conversation already. <laughs> if we end it here, we've still given enough value, I believe. But uh, I do want to hear your story, Victoria. How, what happened to this marriage from the beginning of the of your story? How did it develop? Well, um, as of today, I'm married for 27 years, so <laughs> that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Um, and it's a beautiful question and a vulnerable question for me because knowing something and doing it experiences a knowing doing gap. And in my case, that gap was quite a few years where I knew what to do and I had too deep of a subconscious sabotage to force myself to do that. You know, I guess the best way I can describe it is that you cannot change what you're unaware of. And all of us are unaware of most of what we do. You know, I'm an avid tennis player. I'm a competitive tennis player. And I actually ask my teammates to record me when I play so I can watch back and be like, if somebody told me you don't step into the ball, I would be, of course, I'm stepping into the ball because in my mind, that is what I'm telling my body to do. But in reality... It doesn't look that way. And so for me to know, for example, one of the very simple things, when every single couple told me, the, sec the day you stop trying to control the person you're with is the day your marriage becomes happy. That was a piece of advice. Now, for control freak in recovery, <laughs> we control freaks have no idea what we're controlling, <laughs> you know, because that is the self-sabotaging program, you know, I'm just helping, I just tend to know what's best, I mean, that's not controlling, is it, and so it took years of being able to apply the knowledge, because it took years to become aware that I lacked it, and the only way for me to have become aware was to become more and more self-accepting and self-compassionate. Most of ourselves are blind to most of our damaging patterns because if we see how ugly we actually can come through and if we don't have capacity to fully forgive it and honestly laugh it off, our subconscious mind that has one job, protect us from us, will block it from our awareness. Completely. And so the invitation for me, for anybody is start writing forgiveness letters to yourself from yourself. What is the one thing that pops into your mind right away that you have tried to suppress so much because you were unable to forgive it? And if you say, oh, I've never done anything like that, then it means it's really deep. <laughs> you know. And so once you find those things and you write a letter to you, I literally have written dozens of letters. Hi, Vika. I'm very sorry I've done this to you. <laughs> I shouldn't have. Please forgive me. So as you start forgiving yourself, you start accepting yourself, you start becoming more compassionate, your subconscious relaxes, and all of a sudden, into your awareness, pops in a behavior 
that is shocking to you. And that was probably good seven to 10 years of discovery for me. If you ask me, I'd say, I'm a very positive person. And all of a sudden, I would hear and see myself saying things that were not positive at all. And it's not that I started saying them all of a sudden, it's that all of a sudden they came into my awareness. And so step one is making it safe to see yourself and then start applying those lessons. Because, you know, what can I say? If if you're into growing, you're into controlling. So let's all stop doing that. (laughs) (laughs) What should we be in to to avoid (sighs) the... The trap of being controlling. Man, I love that. Um, so, I'm, you know, I've mentioned earlier before the podcast, I'm Ukrainian. And uh, if you've, you know, at a time that this is going live, hopefully the war in Ukraine is coming to an end. But the bottom line is we don't surrender well. If you know anything about Ukrainian people, we don't surrender well. You know, Stalin tried to starve us. Six million died. We didn't surrender. <laughs> you know, and so... Um, the concept of surrender was foreign to me on a genetic level. And yet intuitively, I knew I need to surrender control. So I literally was in one of my sacred places for me, you know, one of my, in my temple. And I'm sitting there and having a conversation with higher power. And I'm saying, what's, what is this surrender thing? I mean, it just doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me. You know, does it mean roll over? You know, does it mean, what does it mean? And I had this, I call the the feeling, internal feeling, I call them promptings. I have this prompting, lift up your feet off the floor. I'm sitting on the bench, lift up your feet off the floor. So I'm lifting both feet off the floor and I have a very clear understanding. I'm now surrendering my weight to the bench. So when you surrender your weight to something, you're allowing for ultimate support. You see, this was a huge self-discovery. We control for things because we feel so vulnerably unsupported. We don't know how to surrender to ultimate support. And the fear of falling, failing, and being unsupported turns us into control freaks. And a lot of us are high achievers. And we go at it on their own. And so when you surrender control, you say, I'm going to allow support into my life, however imperfect it is in the beginning. And then I'm going to allow for more perfect support and miracles start happening. So in a marriage, you know, that looks like, honey, throw away the trash. Nothing happens. There I go with the trash and slamming door (laughs) because I couldn't surrender to imperfect support. I couldn't surrender to him throwing trash away when he thought he would do it. In business, years of business, asking a subordinate that I'm paying to do something, not waiting for imperfect support, jumping in, taking over, doing it myself, ending up paying somebody for doing it, right? We all go through these cycles in business. And so when you first surrender your control to imperfect support, that's what makes support more perfect. When we give room to those around us to grow, we're supported to grow. That's what surrendering control looks like. So what is the task 
that right now in your business or in your life, what is the pattern that irritates you? Pause and say, who can I surrender this to? Knowing that it won't be perfect because I welcome their imperfect support. And the more I praise and focus on what I like in that, the more they'll grow to give me perfect support. Not easy, but so worth it. I'm very supportive today. I actually just hired two more people from my team and they are so imperfect in their support. And I'm so <laughs> excited about knowing how to give them room to grow. That's, it just works in every area of your life. Oh my God. This was such <laughs> a good lesson, Victoria. Thank you so much. <laughs> Tell us a bit about the, the groups you have. You have a subscription group, Quantum Freedom. Yes. So I have a very unique, unique uh, group. It is group where most of our members are mindful entrepreneurs. What do I mean by mindful entrepreneurs? It's people that want to align their conscious behaviors with very high subconscious patterns and programs. So very often we can't solve the problem because we either don't know what the real problem is or we're too busy solving for symptoms. So in this particular group, it's called Quantum Freedom because we free every member that comes in from repetitive patterns of self-sabotage and then they have practical results. So um, the group was formed in a very beautiful way and it's in December 2019, I was teaching, I was traveling and I have beautiful space, I have beautiful office and a lot of my manifesting uh, you know, called practical manifesting programs were getting sold out. And I got that same feeling that told me to surrender. And I had the feeling, take it all online. Make it a subscription group. Take it, take, take your programs online. So this is December 2019. I talked to my team. They're saying, but you have this beautiful space. We can rent bigger venues if we need to. However, we, we decide to go ahead. And by January 2020, mid-January, actually January 24, 2020, we build a full platform of support for subscription online. And we all know what happens in March 2020. The world starts shutting down because of COVID. And there was such serendipity in what has happened. Because the first program that we did was a 52-week program that was called Course in Miracles. And amidst external tragedy, amidst darkness and fear, the members of the group, or trained how to witness and create miracles in their life. And so the group started growing naturally. And as it started growing, we started adding different subcategories. So the Course in Miracles is fully recorded. Then we did the Science of Getting Rich. We did the 35 Laws of Money. We did Manifesting Your Radiant Body, the eight weeks, eight uh, lesson course that is amazing on finding, discovering, and stepping into radiance that you are, you know, there's no need to lose weight when you find yourself. When you find yourself, the weight falls off, right? So it's it's all about reframing it. And then we got the business. I'm in business now to thrive. We've got the group healing, which is the actual energy healing for members. And we're continually restructuring and adding to that subscription group. So I call it a high-frequency group, meaning people that come are positive, are driven, and they make their investment back 10 times by the end of the year each year. Wow. Awesome. Mm -hmm. This sounds really interesting. 
what what methods <laughs> do you use in the in the group for manifestation for healing? Yes, um, there are a lot of different modalities and techniques. Um, the basic traditional one is I am a life and a certified life and business coach. So for very basic one, it would be the basic coaching that is advanced. I'm certificate of science in theta healing, which is the highest certification. And theta healing modality is a modality that works with frequencies of the brain. Uh, we panic in beta. We meditate in alpha. We sleep when our brain is in deep delta. And we heal and manifest when our brain is in theta. And so theta healing modality trains your brain to be in theta to accomplish two most powerful things for your body, heal your body and create your reality. So we do a lot of theta healing. We uh, have our own form of EFT, emotional freedom technique. I've used EFT for two decades. And about five years ago, we've launched our own modality. We call it Free Me EFT. Because what we found is that with traditional emotional freedom technique, it purges a person from the blocks of energy. But universe abhors vacuum. So once you release a heavy energy, unless you affirm something in its place, you default to the next one available for you. And by affirming the proper you know, technique and affirmation in, you skip all those steps. So we do free me FT. The group itself, during those sessions, the technique was born that is called quantum freedom sequence. And that is opening your energy centers, not starting from the top, which is traditionally referred to as crown chakra or the bottom, traditionally referred to root chakra, but from your heart center. So we start with your heart center and we go to your solar plexus, which is light and power center. And we open your capacity to have the power of love. What has happened through centuries, humanity has misused and learned to love power instead of leaning into the power of love. I believe we're in a beautiful new transition now when we're learning that you can prosper not through loving power, but through the power of love. And so the quantum freedom technique goes up and down, opening all the centers. We also use NLP. I have a master in NLP, which is neurolinguistic programming. I don't like hypnosis because I'm very big on free agency and I know how susceptible human brain is. So uh, I believe anybody who's into hypnosis, it's important to read the script that will be downloaded into your psyche because you can be programmed for something that you might not <laughs> be you know, cognitive of. So we use neurolinguistics to the degree of visualization and meditation, but not to deep hypnosis. So those are the ones that I can think of right away. Uh, a lot of visualization, a lot of active meditation, a lot of practical guided advice. We have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Victoria, with all the tools that you currently have and with all the information that you receive upfront, through your intuition what does it what does your intuition tell you about the, the the coming two three months overall the state of affairs in in the world i think we're in a die-off you know of uh, a lot of old patterns and paradigms i 
compare what is happening to humanity right now to a birth, we are in um, contractions of a birth right now. Just before a life is to be born and come into the new light, contractions are horrible. They're on planet, there are earthquakes, there are wars. But what they're doing is, through literally, if you think of birth, there's blood and pain. Through all of that, a new paradigm is being born. And I believe by, don't believe it, I know it is, I know it is, I know it, that by 2027, humanity is in a very new paradigm. The next two, three months will appear to be the same on the surface. However, they're amazing opportunity invitation months. And so when your heart recognizes an opportunity, I hope you go for it because that is a period to plant the seeds of opportunity that will sprout by 25, 26 and be profitable and expensive into 27, 28. So this is an opportunity period to listen to the heart and start planting the seeds. What is your ideal vision of the future? Is it what your what your intuition tells you, or does it does it differ a bit? I believe in a string theory very strongly. I've experienced it, and so I will say it in a most subtle way. But there isn't the future for all. There is a future for each, and each one of us is tuning to their own future and will experience it that way. It already is happening, and it is the, the gap of that is going to be increasing, you know, and it will become more and more visible. One of the programs that we do in Quantum Freedom is called Spiritual Gene Coding. It's a very high-frequency program. It's a six-year program, and we're halfway through it. And so once a month around the full moon, we release the shadow side of how we're experiencing reality. We magnify the gift capacity for that. And then I activate the gene code to be prepared for that transition. So it's a very, for example, the one that we just did um, around last full moon was, and a lot of people will relate to that because globe is processing everything the same way. We removed the shadow of dislocation. So if you felt like you don't belong somewhere <laughs> over the last months or so, it's because that's what the globe is processing. It's like, I'm not sure I am where I should be, whether it is physically, mentally, emotionally, in your family, in your career, it's this dis-ease dis of being dislocated. And so the gift of that is orientation. And what I mean is that when you feel this feeling of um, something is off, you know, I, I don't feel like I like belong somewhere, you go into the gift of being reoriented. You get to say, thank you, discomfort. Where would I rather be? What am I to tune into? And you change the question. The question changes the frequency. You change the question to be reoriented in your own path more. And interestingly enough, the highest vibration for that, the gene code for that is unity. So we were activating invitation for unity. So as you go out of dislocation into being oriented, all of a sudden you'll start feeling more unified and 
experiencing serendipities like this one, Zarina, where we just met and yet we're on the same frequency and we feel like we've known each other forever because we have. <laughs> That's true. I mean, it's, it's this conversation has been flowing so easily. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> oh, all right. What else can I ask you, Victoria? What What is something that that you feel like sharing something important to your heart? I think what is most prominent right now is, you know, on my side, I have a quote, notice what you notice, because what you notice is what you create. I do believe this is probably my most important message right now. In a way, it's a message of perception. Notice what you notice and how you notice. So let's say if you are, let's tune into your audience. A lot of the people are single right now would love to have a soulmate in the, in the audience so notice how you notice that when you see a happy couple do you notice through lack oh wow they have it and i don't or do you notice it through abundance i'm so happy for them we want to shift to noticing what you want not what you don't want, and through noticing it as if it's already in your life that is probably the biggest shortcut to creating the abundant reality. Just notice what you notice and how you notice and then shift it. And if people want to get a taste of or experience developing their abilities towards being more intuitive or a shortcut to your six-year program, can they learn it from you somehow? Yes, absolutely. You know, the fastest way to find out anything is to go on our website, which is u2shine.com, yu2shine.com. If you want to glean into your own emotional drive, I look at emotion as energy in motion. It actually comes from Latin emovere, which is to disturb. The word emotion is disturbing the energy field. So emotion is energy in motion. If you go to moneyquiz.me, it's going to, it's a fun, fun and funky uh, quiz. You can tell I have a sense of humor. I think life would be awful if I took myself too serious for one day. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so the quiz is funny, but with a very profound result. When you take the quiz, you can see what your driving emotion is right now and how it both expands you and how it blocks your prosperity and which three laws of money to apply to shift it. So that would probably be the be the first best step to get into our community by seeing whether you love it, how you fit in. Mm -hmm. And then you have a Facebook group that is called? Yes, we have freedom? a Facebook. No. The Quantum Freedom is a subscription group and the Facebook group that we're launching where I will be doing weekly lives and it will be a free group is going to be you to shine group, just like our business is. Uh, you know what? And um, I can pull it up because it's brand new. This is the first time it's been mentioned Zarina <laughs> so so the full name for the group is you to shine prosperity freedom and empowerment for mindful entrepreneurs so find that group there is my smiley face with you to shine in white and purple background and anybody can join it for a ton of tips and uh you know and, and any questions that can come up awesome I will make sure to include all the links to your websites and uh, quiz and Facebook group. Yeah. All the links that you mentioned. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. And a very last question. <laughs> I know like, okay. And this is that uh, you mentioned you're a fan of uh, string theory. Um, 
and that all our futures are individuated. At the same time, the solution is unity. Where can yes. you read more and find out more uh, about string theory in a condensed way or in a way that mm. would bring us closer to your understanding of what it is? I don't have a condensed way, unfortunately. Uh, all I've learned about that would be from Bohm, you know, he from David Bohm, and he has very complex writer of quantum physics, of the actual quantum physics. Uh, it's a great question. I don't know that I have a resource on that. Um, I simplify and teach it in quantum freedom in terms of practical application of it, but I'm going to let your listeners find it and tell us where we can read simple string theory and if there's such a thing i'd love to learn because <laughs> <laughs> i do it in an energy and a applicable way bohm does it in a very heavy quantum physics way it's it's uh, very profound but um mm -hmm. i have one book here that i was looking at while yeah, you go. were speaking uh it's in Bulgarian, but I think the cover looks uh, similar uh, in English with the same colors. Uh, it's by Amit Goswami, and it's the book with the answer to every the answer to everything book, um, and it is about um, quantum science. So love it, love it. Yeah, and um, actually, I have one of his quotes. Uh, on my merch on my channel it's dooby dooby doo and it reminded me of uh, your teaching today at the beginning of this conversation when you said it's not only about learning like being but it's also about doing it and applying it when you yeah so this was the link I made with Amit Goswami uh, oh, I, got, I got chills you know when you look at the the me for prosper me book for empower dash me app when you look at that the way we spell me it's little m big e and the reason I do that is because that's a reminder formula for me of who I am. A lot of the people in spiritual fields will say, we're not this body. And I say, wait a minute. I go to the bathroom every day. I'm there. It is this body. <laughs> 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 it is condensed energy. Everything is energy. But when energy condenses to matter, it's a real experience. So for me, M stands for mortal, for matter, for manifesting, and for material. And that's all of my scared parts. They're all real. They're lower frequency reality. And the big E stands for eternal energy, the essence that expands. And then the daily formula for me of surrender is surrender your mortal to your eternal, your matter to your energy, your material to your essential, and your manifesting to your expansiveness by first being and then doing and being and doing and being and doing so be what was it be do be be do be be do do be do be do oh my gosh it's so hard to say be do be do be but it's easy to see do be do be do here we go right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it reminds me of scooby-doo you know yes yeah yes yeah <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I have three dogs, so we'll fi we'll finish on that. I have three dogs, and that is the highest metaphysical expression of love in my life. <laughs> Victoria, thank you so much. So informative, heartful. Um, also, I laughed a lot. I always appreciate it when my guests make me laugh. Thank you so much. Thank and you for I'm having sure me, Serena. Uh, you're already on the on the big scene of personal development, but I'm sure that we'll be seeing your name 
across the major best-selling books and courses and everywhere. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Grow and Learn. We hope that you found our podcast informative, engaging, and inspiring. Our mission is to help you keep growing and learning, and we hope that our conversations and insights have provided you with practical advice and useful perspectives. If you're looking for personalized support and guidance to help you achieve your personal or professional growth objectives, I offer a range of services to help. As a trusted management partner and mentor, I work with businesses in the process of transformation, looking for new streams of business, as well as M&A. With an extensive professional network of experts and mentors, I can bring on board the right person or team based on the specific needs of the company I'm working with. To learn more about the services I offer and how I can help you achieve your goals, visit my website at growandlearn.org. You can also reach out to me via email or social media. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode of Grow and Learn, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback is important to us and it helps us to continue to create content that is relevant and valuable to our listeners. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to sharing more insights and perspectives with you in the future.